This is Jan Swift, and you're listening to Discover Lafayette, a podcast dedicated to the people and rich culture of Lafayette, the gateway to South Louisiana. Our taping is made possible with the support of Raider, a hands-on IT service provider that integrates all of your needs for advanced technical support, effective communication options, and cybersecurity. Raider's motto is, you just want it to work. We understand. Please visit RaiderSolutions.com for more information. The generosity of Oxner Lafayette General also makes this podcast possible. As Acadiana's largest nonprofit regional health system with more than 4,500 employees, Oxner Lafayette General strives to prove that caring is their top priority. In continuous efforts to reach more patients, Oxner Lafayette General facilitates telemedicine services to schools, businesses, and government offices to make healthcare more accessible for everyone. For more information, please visit OxnerLG.org. Dirk Gidry, a Lafayette, Louisiana-based artist specializing in large-scale abstract, live events, commissions, and mural paintings joins us today. Dirk is a native of Galliano and graduated in 2012 from UL Lafayette in fine arts with a concentration in painting. Participating in various solo and group exhibitions, Dirk stays involved in the local art scene. His works are on display in various locations throughout Lafayette and Louisiana, as well as in private collections nationwide. Dirk Gidry, I've been so excited about having you on the schedule. Welcome to Discover Lafayette. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. I'm such a huge fan of the podcast. So. Well, thank you for saying that. And I'm a huge fan of yours. We met probably at community things, but I've had the pleasure of seeing you paint live at events. Like I was talking about, you painted when my younger daughter, Kelly, was one of the maids with you know the Greater Southwest group from Mardi Gras, and you actually captured live the the brunch the day of Mardi Gras a few years back and it made it so special yeah and I don't know if you knew this but my wife was uh, due that day <laughs> with our first child and you were there <laughs> early in the morning there was definitely a little uh we, we notified each other like hey I might have to leave or I might not show up well but uh it worked out so uh she didn't go into labor until the next day <laughs> well you could have just taken a photo and finished it later so thank yeah. goodness it worked out huh? for your right. for the longevity of your marriage yes and uh and yeah I mean the live paintings they've they've come a long way uh, yeah. for 10 years that I've been doing them so well, I'd like you to give us kind of a, a walkthrough. I read online, I was doing a little research on you. You always liked drawing and art, right? As a, as a young boy, you yeah, enjoyed I, this. I enjoyed it, and I guess it helped that I was actually good at it. <laughs> right, so. I wasn't, so I'm <laughs> so, you defer know, to you on this. I, uh, I definitely thought everybody could do it, and I would recommend Mm-mm. that everyone draws or paints or just, you know, any type of art. It's a It's a wonderful outlet so i think uh, i would recommend anyone doing it yeah. you know doesn't matter if you you get discouraged or you don't think your work's good but uh but it helped that you know i, I could do it well so uh my mother took note of that and uh just put me into situations where uh, i could excel in art so if i may ask you did your teachers see your talent or did you doodle all the time like just around the house like how did people realize dirk might have a future in this yeah a little bit of both um because again i did love to doodle um drawing was so accessible you just need a pen and paper 
And, uh, and yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, I think I got my first commission. I feel like it was $5 for a portrait of one of the teachers. Really? She encouraged you. <laughs> she wanted her daughter. So oh, I, okay. I drew her daughter. Um, was she happy with the result? Yes, thank God. I mean, I'm my worst critic, <laughs> so I was. Uh, I, I had to make sure it was up to my standards. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know, and then I was put in the Talented and Gifted program, uh, which really helped me continue my journey. Were um, you in Galliano then, or had you yes, moved? Yes, okay. it, it was in Galliano. So I think I was in maybe the sixth grade or seventh grade. And uh, and yeah, it, it allowed me to take extra time out of my day to do what I love oh and, and draw more. Yeah. <laughs> so so then you went to UL Lafayette. Yes, I uh, I thought I wanted to be a computer animator or a storyboard artist uh, uh-huh. to that nature, and uh, come to find out, I, I just didn't like the process of it. Um, was it I, too artificial? Like it was more computer generated? Yeah, so much rendering, mm-hmm. you know, and. Um, a lot of it just, it was all about the final product. And for me, I was taking painting at the same time. And this is when I really got to dive into what painting was. And uh, yeah, I fell in love. And I mean, here we are. <laughs> well, Derek, you were you met my daughter, Taylor, earlier. Um, they came to take our photo. And one of our neighbors from Hidden Hills, you know, she kind of grew up out in the country, Alan Jones, was our neighbor, a, a beloved um, art teacher, at USL and then UL Lafayette, and you said that he he taught you. He sure does, and you know I hear him almost every day in the studio, uh, just mentoring me, continuing to mentor what me. What a beautiful man yeah. he was! Just like what he did with all the other students and, mm-hmm. and the lives that he's touched. So you know, I have a few brushes that I uh, they're saved in the safe <laughs> because they're precious. They're, they're, they're precious his. to me. So you know, yeah. and, and there's books that uh, that he gave me as well. So uh, you know. Again, whenever I'm there critiquing a work, uh, I hear his voice. <laughs> How would he mentor you and critique you? What was he seeing in your work? If you can share that. Yeah. How was he kind of nurturing your talent? His method was just so beautiful because he was such a nurturer. So mm-hmm. he he would make you kind of figure it out. And, you know, and that was just part of the process. So he... He would just be so subtle in his delivery, and then it, it would, you know, it could irk you for days. <laughs> like, why wouldn't he just flat out tell me what was wrong with mm-hmm. his painting? And uh, well, maybe nothing was wrong, but it wasn't your best work. <laughs> Correct. So you know, and uh, one of my favorite memories is he used to kind of touch my painting sometimes. Uh, so one time, right before critique, I made sure that the paint was still wet because I knew he was going to touch it. Oh. And he went up there with his little pinky, like he does the little, whoosh, and uh, sure enough, he hit the wet paint, and it, he he was taken aback by it because he he you don't want to damage anybody's painting. So, uh, needless to say, he never touched my paintings again. <laughs> Do you focus on oils, or did you in college? I've actually never touched oils. So, uh, how was it wet? Like, tell me about that, because I'm not it, I had I'm not just, trained. I had just finished, like, I mean, touching it up minutes before I put it on the wall and I apply my paint pretty heavy so it was it takes a little bit time to dry you know um, Mm -hmm. at least my paint does for the heavy body Uh, so painting in oil is still on my uh, my goals list I always put it there Um, it's just uh, at the studio on campus uh, we were limited to how many people could paint in oil because of ventilation purposes so oh yeah it's strong a Mm -hmm. strong element Correct. So, yeah. yeah. Well, Alan was a bird watcher, as you know, mm-hmm. and I guess that was his eye attuned to find beautiful things. And color. Oh, it, Colors yeah. and, and uh, beauty. Yep. 
Yeah. So, so you graduated, uh, and what did I say, in fine arts with a concentration in painting. Did you start out painting right out of college? Not so much. <laughs> so, you know, I think, and probably majority of the artists go through this, mm-hmm. uh, just figuring out where my path is and what am I doing. And, you know, I hadn't touched a brush in probably six months after I graduated just because... I didn't know how to how to be an artist or how to sustain a life as an artist. They don't teach that, right? No. In the curriculum? They definitely dig into the creative side. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think nowadays they're starting to uh, employ a little bit more grant writing skills, business skills, just after mm-hmm. college skills. Like um, even how to price your work, right? Yeah. Like how do you know what to do as exactly. a person? And, you know, we lose so many artists, I think, to that. Because mm-hmm. um, they just don't know where to go. Uh, yeah. They, you know, you, as an artist, you are an entrepreneur, and you have to wear many hats. And a lot of artists just aren't business savvy, or they don't they don't understand budgeting or sustainability. So mm-hmm. um, it's discouraging, and and it literally could just defer so many artists to not continue it. So um, yeah. and you know, for me, I I was making the decision to go and. Uh, go to grad school, which this is kind of the normal path that they teach you. It's like go to grad school, get your master's. In and then, fine arts? Mm-hmm, in and fine arts. what do you do with that? Well, then you could be a professor. So then you could do your oh, art on the side. or you I could, see. Or you could have three jobs, but you do your art on the side. So, in your spare time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so, yeah, and, you know, I didn't. You got a job? I didn't want to do that. Right. You know, right. I, I was working probably two or three jobs at the time in the service industry as well as uh, painting with a twist. <laughs> so okay, you, you were teaching, I was teaching housewives there. how to drink how to and paint. Uh, paint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they knew how to drink, but maybe not how to paint a fleur de lis. Yeah, you know, and, and I was and just And I'm not doing making fun thing. of that. I don't oh, mean no, no, to. No. Uh, it was definitely necessary. And, and, and again, just paint to the canvas, anybody, it's a good time. So, um, And I was trying my shows. I had a few shows here downtown and uh, just trying to make it as an artist. And, and again... It's crazy how little amount of sales you get or how reliant you become on the sales rather than just being an artist and creating just, you know, for, for just the fun of it. So um, so I was trying to figure that out. Uh, luckily, my cousin was getting married around the same time and uh, these new wedding paintings were popping up in New Orleans. So she called me and she's like, you ever heard of these live wedding paintings? I was like, no. And she sent me a link and I told her, I was like, I could do it. Is that what you're asking? So, so she wanted you to stand at the reception or whatever and capture the fun of the event, yeah. of the reception. Yeah, and uh, I learned a lot from that experience. Uh, she doesn't you, let me fix it. <laughs> were you um, skilled in drawing humans? Yeah, you know, is you that kind of what you had been I've doing always, before? I've been a fan of uh, portraiture work, and mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm trained, so to say, like you know, classically or just just in the arts in general. So. Um, but for me, and, and why I guess my thesis was just, I'm more, more in love with the abstract and the mm-hmm. expressionistic uh, components uh, than the, you know, than the other. But doesn't mean I can't do it. So Right. So uh, you did that for your first gig. I did. And of course, just like every other gig, it, it led to another wedding. Mm-hmm. So, hey, so, you, so-and-so's getting married. <laughs> you <laughs> captured you the faces it? or just the shapes? No, I, I captured the event. So mm-hmm. it was, I, I actually, I, I painted in the church. We got, we got approved from the priest to go paint the ceremony. And oh, then I wow. packed up and headed to the reception and painted at the reception. And, uh, 
And yeah, you know, that was my first one. I learned a lot. I learned to get there early. So <laughs> To capture the vibe or just to set up? Just to set up uh-huh. and, and get going. And I mean, the way my process is, and again, it's come a long ways, um, is that I'll get there usually three to four hours early to the venue to paint the scene. So I'll paint the background because I'm more or less encapsulating the night okay. um, into one painting. Mm-hmm. So I'll get there, I'll do the decorations. It also gives the painting a little bit dry time to, to set in. Uh, that way when the reception starts, I just paint people. So the duration of the reception, I'm just interacting and painting people. I'll do the first dance, I'll paint the, the parents of the bride and groom, I'll save a little spot for the wedding party, let them get a few drinks first, and then uh, <laughs> and then put them having a good time. So Do they pose or is it more capturing the action it's fun i try to get character so mm-hmm. and and i'll interact with the guests too and you know i'll wear a full blazer that's just full of paint um i have a beret that i wear it's kind of part of the look mm-hmm. and some people probably stand out in the crowd huh yes so <laughs> and i'm trying to capture moments and uh, you know there's a lot of people they kind of get to watch it unfold bob ross style and uh, oh really they yeah. come and watch you on the sign mm-hmm. yeah the kids love to hover uh-huh. <laughs> so. bob ross <laughs> But uh, but yeah, you know, and uh, people come up to me and, hey, can I get into painting? I'm like, yeah, what would you be doing forever that you get encapsulated with? And they'd be like, well, I'd be dancing or I'd be at the bar. I'd be hanging from the chandelier. You know, I'd be eating the cake. And <laughs> so. you can take those wild ideas. And <laughs> yeah, and I put, put it, it on the canvas, you know, and it, it just fills in and fills in. And oh. I didn't realize how entertaining it was for people. You know, I was just painting. I'm I'm good at it. and uh, yeah. And I have fun doing it. So... Um, and it helps that I'm a people person, so I love being social. I love interacting with people, so mm-hmm. uh, my personality definitely helped uh, push it. That was serendipity that time, because you were still young. I mean, you graduated in 2012. Are you 30? Like, I'm not sure. 34. 34. <laughs> so you were very young when you got that first job through your family. Yeah. And word travels fast, right, with something that's good. Yeah, I mean, I was in New Orleans the next weekend. I mean, the next month. Mm-hmm. And then that one led to another one. So, you know, when we were back then, again, just starting out, we only had maybe two or three paintings that year. And then the next year, it picked up a little bit. So we might have had like mm-hmm. three to six paintings. And next year, there was about 12 to 15 paintings. And, you know, now on average, we kind of have to turn down some work uh, so I could get off. Yeah, um, and spend time with your family. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we are averaging about 35 paintings a year. For events. Yes, live. Right. So. But you also do other work. Correct. That's like my, the wedding paintings are basically my, my day job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so They pay the, um, the rent? Yeah, and I mean, you know, the way I mapped it out, I, I'm a huge fan of SMART goals. So I was like, okay, how many wedding paintings do I need to sustain uh, my studio work? Mm-hmm. So pretty much if I could get one wedding painting a month, I'll be good to go. Um, and the rest will be land yap. And now if I could have a weekend off a month, <laughs> then my wife won't kill me. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, it's come to that. And we get to travel, you know, and it's just... Does your family go with you? Like if it, do you travel throughout the state or beyond? Beyond. So mm-hmm. the furthest we've gone, we've gone to Cabo, Mexico. We've gone you to have. Carmel. They uh, flew you out there? Uh-huh. So we do a lot in Texas recently and some in Florida How now. Fun. So. Yeah. It's, it, you know, again, it's the perks of, <laughs> of being an artist. Wow. So, and, uh, and yeah, and uh, of course my style is very Louisiana style. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of those people, they were from this area, so they kind of went with that vibe, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's such a, it's a fun way to capture the wedding and from the brides I talk to and even the, the, the paintings I see afterwards, it's, it's. It's it brings them back, you know, yeah. and they get to play Where's Waldo to figure out who's who in the who's painting. Who? And because it's, it's not always the face so much as the 
persona of the person, mm-hmm. right? Like with Kelly, my daughter I mentioned earlier, they all had on those big hats and those vibrant suits. And they were having fun at Cafe Vermillionville, cutting it up like at 8.30 in the morning. So you must have been there really early to capture that. But correct. Yeah, correct. <laughs> on, on Mardi Gras Day, 2019. But when I looked at it, I knew who everybody was, even though it might not be their particular face, it was them. Yeah, it's you loose. captured them. Loose enough, you know. Yeah, um, I loved it. And it goes with the whole just that, you know, it's fisheye lens because... I'm, I'm not there to just shoot one angle of the venue. Like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to encapsulate the entire party. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's a good time, you know, and I'm, I'm there to capture it. Can you, I don't know if you can answer this, Dirk, but how do you feel inside when you're, does something flow through you when you kind of get the brush in your hand? Like, am I making sense? Like, yeah. you're set up, you've got the vibe, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I'm sure some are more vivacious than others. What flows through you? As you start painting. Yeah, you know, it's, and I think I played a lot of sports growing up. So there's very, there's similarities to, you know, you could have an off day or an on day. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you just, you're feeling it. And, you know, I'm glad that I feel it more, <laughs> more days than not when I'm at the wedding. So, but, uh, but yeah, it's just, it, it's a part of me and, and it, or it's an extension of me. Mm-hmm. So that uh, from the inside, like I, I'm right. extending myself through the paint onto the canvas and you know it, it's yeah i mean it, it i channel it and i feed off of it's a wedding it's such a good time mm-hmm. you know and and it helps it's a party uh, i always include the bartenders in the band you or do. the dj in the paintings remember that. and that and without them there wouldn't be anything else to paint mm-hmm. the food <laughs> so. yeah the flowers oh, i love the flowers you know you do it's fun to do the flowers and the way i look at it too is it's a nice warm-up to get there early to paint the background yeah um, it gets me going because the harder part is the people mm-hmm. um and i used to i used to worry early on because my portion you know the, the proportions were off a little bit or something or my timing was gone like my pace wasn't good enough and now it's i don't even really think about it i just do i just create and it still is even though it's about eight hours nine hours of straight painting it still feels like 10 minutes. It does? <laughs> That's a, yeah, it's just a blink and it's over. <laughs> do you finish after the event or do you finish it before you pack up It's It's pretty much done. We do some other packages if they want more details on the faces mm-hmm. or sometimes if I just need to finish the border or something like that. But uh, but yeah, it's done by the end of the night. Uh, I take it back to the studio. I photograph it. I varnish it. I do the photo editing. I upload it into our print shop. That way the, uh, the moms could have their own print of the painting. Or, I was about to ask you that. Yeah. So you have the original, you know, commissioned work for the person that hired you. Mm-hmm. But then people that go to the event can order it themselves, like yeah. a, a canvas. And I've had that happen. So yeah. our, our coasters. Is that uh, lanyard for you? It is. And I mean, it's more or less, I love that technology and just the day mm-hmm. we live in. Like, we have that option. Um, it's not like I generate a lot of revenue from it. Um, cause I want to price it to where it's affordable. Um, so I don't mark up my prices very much. I just, I want them to have more things, you know, mm-hmm. thank you cards, magnets, uh, again, a bride ordered a puzzle the other day. They're like, we love puzzles. So I ordered a, a thousand piece puzzle of our wedding painting. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it's Dark. fun. Yeah. <laughs> I love this story. Um, I want to pause. I want to get into the business part of your work and other types of art that you also offer. But I'd like to pause and reflect back on an interview that we did with Lafayette's own Cody Chamberlain, 
who's an award-winning writer and cartoonist who has written and illustrated comics and graphic novels for Marvel Comics and DC. He's also a writer and story artist for film, television, and video games. He graduated from USL, and just like you, Dirk, he loves what he does. And you can hear his interview at discoverlafayette.net and many others. But it's so funny that I chose this because you were in the field that he ended up in. And I don't think the clip I'm going to play says this, but he felt he was terrible and he just kept on practicing, but he loves what he does. And I don't think he was terrible, but he was probably one of his worst critics also starting out. But <laughs> he's, a big, he's a big name talent that's helped Hollywood with things. But let's take a listen and we'll be right back. So to finish that original thought on the poster for Festival mm -hmm. 2019, it's beautiful. Do you start with your sketch and then make it into a graphic file? Like, how does that work? How does your mind work when for you're creating? Me, for me, uh, a graphic design project or an illustration project, that was sort of a combination of the two. Even those really start with the writing. So I wrote words that I thought I associated with festival. What are my oh. big memories of it? Um, what and were one they? Of the, what well, were your big memories? Uh, one of them was fusion, not not jazz fusion, but the concept that many different things are fused together. Like, you may go and see um, there was a, uh, a throat singing group that had a beatbox artist on stage with them. You know, that type of thing. Or mm -hmm. you might be eating a, a gyro sandwich listening to some group from Brazil, like this weird clashing of things mm -hmm. all in one place. Um, and that always fascinated me. And I was also... I wasn't a major, but I spent a lot of time in the percussion department at UL, and oh. we were all about fusion. We played Festival International Bang I was in on college. the drums all day. That's right. Yeah. So we would do our percussion ensemble show, um, which would be anything from Japanese taiko. We'd do uh, West African drum oh. and dance, and we'd do it all in one set. It was kind of this this fusion. So fusion was the big word I honed in on um, because a lot of people have a vision of festivals being one thing, but to me it's always been many things. Mm -hmm. It's sort of the world coming to Lafayette. And um, oh, so I honed in on that really sharply. Um, and that was really the genesis for me taking, you know, if, if people want to see the video, I'm sure we can link to it. But the concept of three different illustrations brought together mm -hmm. to form one piece, mm -hmm. uh, unifying the colors. Some of that was already in the festival logo. So I embraced that and I used it in the design. And mm -hmm. um, the idea that festival is also a destination. It's not simply about the music. Um, so, you know, so many festivals I've gone to are just, they're just in an open field somewhere. Um, this is in the very heart of Lafayette with every business around, and you can pop into a restaurant or a cafe. It's a very unique festival, and I don't think they'll Welcome back to Discover Lafayette with Dirk Guidry, Lafayette-based artist. And so, Dirk, you've, you make money now. You can support yourself and your family and your studio with your art. And again, when Taylor was here, she's kind of a budding artist and very shy about her talent and how to price things. So you said your talent, you kind of learned what you could do, but that must have been a leap to go from your three gigs you had and doing a wedding portrait to full time. If you can share that journey and, and what it took to make that leap. Yeah, you know, it's always the, uh, the the part of the conversation that no one wants to talk about is the business side or the the price that comes with the with the art. Mm -hmm. So, but it's, but it's uh, so much time that's involved yeah. from the artist, and it's so important, you know. And and 
it's it's very accumulative. So it's it just with the years that I keep tagging on, like I have to increase that value because mm-hmm. I'm, my experience, I'm just getting that much better and it, and it evolves and stuff like that. So, but uh, but no, it was very hush hush. You don't talk about prices, you know, or it's it and. And that was intimidating because how am I supposed to put art out there? How am I supposed to convince people to pay X amount of dollars for, um, you know, a piece of art that won't, you know, <laughs> it won't lose value or it's supposed to just gain value, but it won't be replaced unless it's by other art, you know. So um, there's value and knowledge in that. And, uh, and yeah, I mean... I had to kind of seek out some mentors and just, hey, how much should I price this for? How much would somebody be willing to pay for this? Um, how many of these do I need to sell in order to like sustain? Yeah. And uh, and you know, I'm fortunate enough to have figured out, I guess, the the, the riddle. And, and it's a market based thing too, right? Yeah. Living here in a smaller town versus New York City. Although maybe not, I don't know. There must be a lot of starving artists everywhere. Yeah, and I mean, in, at the beginning, again, it's it's you cater to your audience, so mm-hmm. it's um, me being mostly abstract. There's it's a much smaller, uh, I guess, group of collectors that might purchase me, and I've been very fortunate to have some very uh, loyal patrons of mine mm-hmm. who have. Uh, there's been some times where I had shows, and I was like, "Look, if I don't sell anything from this show, I might just hang up the brushes." <laughs> and uh, and sure enough, they would they would purchase, you know, early on. Oh yeah, three to four pieces, and it would allow me to order more supplies and, and get it going. So, what type of art was that? You say abstract, but you weren't doing. Let's say that wasn't an event. You were just putting four pieces out for people to look at. Yeah, like I was having a show uh, downtown. So, uh, what would you draw? What would you paint? Yeah, I was painting mostly just um, expressionistic pieces. Very fluid uh landscapes no no no, just uh abstracts i'm sorry so it was um more of a feeling and a mood but it Uh had organic kind of feelings to it and uh very large scale so i loved stretching eight foot canvases using my whole body to paint uh rather than just tedious little fingertips so eight foot yeah and i mean because i loved and this is kind of where I fell in love with it was you go to a museum we went to a museum in Houston and I got to go look at the expressionistic kind of wing and the presence of those paintings is just mm-hmm. you walk up to them and I mean they're just so grand and I mean there's just an awe about it and I loved it and I was like I want to create this and and to me it was so much more difficult to create those out of nothing so mm-hmm. the abstracts I'm creating something from a mood or an emotion um, and selecting a color palette based on that and then just more or less, and I call it a delicate dance between me and the brush and the canvas uh, to figure out where the paint's going to go compositionally and just, you know, with all the teachings that I learned in college. So, mm-hmm. um, but it's not supposed to represent anything. And those are much harder than something that I could look at and just paint it. Like here's know? Jan's backyard. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you could paint it. Well, this hits here. These yeah. are this tall, you know. So many trees. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh-huh. uh, so yeah, I just, I, I fell in love with it. And, and again, I think the abstracts, or I take it back, I know the abstracts are the whole reason I do this is because that's what I love the most is the abstract pieces. So I always, or I've been putting them on the back burner, but now they're coming back mm-hmm. to the forefront. Um, as I'm participating in more shows, I'm, I'm selling more works online through different uh, 
kind of galleries and online curators and uh, participating in art fairs. So like I'll go to Dallas and we were supposed to go to L.A. to uh, participate in, in one of the extensions. But then COVID it yeah. hit. So uh, we had to kind of put it on pause. But I still plan on doing mm-hmm. it just because that's where the market is for those pieces. Right. You know, and I talked with some of the curators that are that live the in big L.A. pieces. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, this would do great over mm-hmm. here, you know, uh, compared to over here where, you know. Other works might might be a little bit more uh, accepted here. Yeah. So. You know, I was at a bridal shower late last year, and I walked into my friend's house, and she there's something about that huge landscape. It just took up the whole wall. Mm-hmm. And I was just drawn to it because yeah. not many people have that, at least locally. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess out west, you've got homes that are just tall ceilings, and we have <laughs> that here too, but you don't see that big commanding piece of work and boy it was it was just stunning and i remember my professor he used to he, or he used to tell me he'd say uh, this was john hawthorne not, uh, yeah not Alan, him too yeah <laughs> he had said uh he's like dirk uh shouldn't you paint pieces the size that might fit in people's homes <laughs> jokingly well, fit on the wall well know? that's what i told him i was like well I, I want to be in people's homes that can fit that <laughs> so <laughs> or in commercial places that can fit that, you know, because uh-huh. again, just back to like that presence. And, you know, you see everything's online now, everything's on social media and stuff. So you'll automatically kind of assume the size of a piece if there's no reference of like a person next to it, uh, compared to when you walk into a gallery or a museum mm-hmm. and you just feel the presence of that painting, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and sometimes it's overpowering um, or accepting. And, and yeah. I love that. It's a component of my, you know, my work. So, so the, did that take you a while to get that? Um, I don't know if the word is confidence, but knowledge that what you had is that's the way it should be. You yeah, know? and there's a market for that. Yeah, you know, it's again, it's a journey. Yeah. Um, it's it's been a journey, and it's I'm always trying to get better. Um, and again, I, I kind of formed this kind of brushwork that's very unique to my style and uh, very recognizable. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm glad that that works in my favor. Um, and yeah, you know, I just want to keep pushing it. I don't ever want to be stagnant. Um, and, and, and that's, it's just what I love. I love painting those large pieces. And, uh, recently we just started pushing, um, and this, this is actually, uh, something Alan wanted me to do back in the day was to make actual sculptures of the forms that I were, that I was creating. Oh my goodness. So now kind of full circle, um, I'm starting to do more sculptures and they're more or less the paint strokes, but in a three dimensional capacity. So how big are they? How big are the sculptures? The biggest one I did was about four foot tall, but some of them, the other ones are a little bit smaller. And we had that part of the circulate show at Kelly Kaufman's gallery, which was part of an arts park grant, um, as well as the Hammond regional arts center. Uh, I had a solo exhibition last year in July, um, and we wow. had, yeah, we had 50 pieces and I think six of them were, were sculptures and I would have loved to have made another six sculptures, but, uh, mm-hmm. it's a different process. It's a little bit more time consuming and, uh, and yeah, I didn't, I didn't take note of that. So, <laughs> but you captured the colors from the art. Yeah. The, the it same, just like uh, bronze or something. It was like the, I'll look into some uh, bronzes, but for now it's the same color palette that I used mm-hmm. and the same brushstroke. So I'm applying that same brushstroke, but onto a piece that I sculpted into the brushstroke. So it was, it's kind of neat when yeah. you get to see them. Uh, you know, that's cool thinking about the pelicans that, you know, started the, the pelicans we have mm-hmm. all over that started really in the school system. 
I bet a lot of kids would love learning how to do this stuff, huh? Oh, yeah. If they can learn that in school. Like Definitely. when you were young, wouldn't that have been so cool mm-hmm. to have done a sculpture? Yeah, and, and you know, it's it's such a different medium. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a lot. I, I'm a huge fan of public works, too. So I think uh, eventually down the road, I'd like to do some public works uh, for different buildings or with the Pursuit yeah. for the Arts program and stuff like that. Uh, so, yeah. Well, in the meantime, you've been selected to do the... Um, the poster, the official poster for Festival International. So how did that come about? And congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I mean, this is, to me, it's always been such a big goal. Um, I love Festival, everything Festival brings to our community and just downtown. And um, and yeah, I love music and I love going there. So I've always wanted to be the artist um, just because of the role that they play mm-hmm. uh, each year with Festival, with the pins and the poster and all the graphics and everything like that. So so yeah, I uh, I apply every year. You know, you have to be persistent as an artist, and that's with anything. Um, I I have a regrets to inform you email box that I just send so many <laughs> really into, but that's that's just the nature of the beast. So whether it's call for shows or or anything uh, or bid proposals mm-hmm. or anything like that, um, you kind of have to have tough skin as an artist, uh, just because you won't get in a lot of the, uh, you know, the opportunities. So you have to be persistent. You have to just keep doing it. And, uh, and for me, I've always done well with negative reinforcement. So like, Oh, I didn't get it this year. Yeah. Let (laughs) me, let me work harder and let me try to make this better for next year. And, uh, they give you feedback. Do they tell you why when you're not selected? Do they say, you know, it was close, but not quite. (laughs) Sometimes some calls will give you like jury notes, you know, like just Uh to say, Hey, you could have done this. You should have did this. We didn't like pink, you you know, know. (laughs) there's other ones where it's just a blind juror and they, you Uh know, so arts biased as well. So, uh, even the shows that I jury, uh, you know, it's, I have have a certain aesthetic. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, this is the type of art I like, or I think that's strong, or I could tell yeah. maybe had more work put into it than other art or something like that. So, so did you have to present? I'm just curious. The whole poster, like, do you present here's da da the work of art, <laughs> or is it just the the theme? This is what I'll do, and here's an example. Yeah, you know, so a lot of times with the application, it's like, hey, this is kind of what I'm feeling for what maybe my work could be for the mm-hmm. for the for the poster and stuff like that. And uh, for me, I just started, I did a self-portrait, um, and that's the one that's kind of been going around with the post. Um, but it was a self-portrait for the identity show that was at Basin Arts, uh, where all the residents did, you know, something to, that involved identity. And for me, I was like, oh, I want to do a portrait. I haven't done a portrait in a while. I'll just do a self-portrait. Um, but I did it with my brushstroke. So, like, you could tell it's me, but it's still that same unique brush mm-hmm. style that I do. And... Uh, and I loved it, and I, I've been thinking about trying to do a, a portrait series. So I'm just like, man, I, w- I would love to have something of a goal to get toward and do a portrait series. And sure enough, you know, festival was coming around. Um, I talked to a few people, and they're like, are you going to apply this year? Have you ever been the artist? And I was like, no, but here, like, I'll send in some stuff and, and see where it goes. And, uh, and yeah, we had some follow-ups. We, we kind of went back and forth. And for me, even with my all my clients for my murals or my commissions, I like to get as much information about it as I can. I like mm-hmm. to give different options. Um, that way I'm putting out the best work that we can mutually agree upon. Um, so I gave them some different options, and then they voted kind of on, like, what style we should go with and everything like that. And, and you uh, fit this year. Yeah. So, and then I, I went ahead and, you know, I painted the piece. Uh, and then from that, they based the poster and the pin off of that. So the piece is done. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's about 
four foot by five foot. So, it is? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's about four foot by five foot. Well, we're here um, January 18th, so that's early. Yeah. But I guess they needed it um, to do all the other things that go along with Yes, down the, the pipeline. They, they need to order things and stuff yeah. like that. So, uh, Do you like it? Are you happy? I love it. And it takes yeah. a lot for me to be satisfied with one of my pieces. <laughs> so. What colors are in it? Can you talk about it or is it a secret? No, I could talk a little bit about it. I don't mm-hmm. want to give away everything because the reveal is February 20th okay. at Warehouse yeah. 535. So, um, But yeah, it's very vibrant colors. Mm-hmm. I'm in a very vibrant place right now. Uh, which I'm gonna I'm gonna quote my mom on this, but she used to say uh, she's like Dirk, you're so much happier now because your 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 color palette is so much brighter and joyful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess back in the college years, I was using darker palettes and I might have been well, depressed brooding, a little bit. Brooding young man, you know. <laughs> trying to find my way, find yeah. my life. So, uh, but yeah, very vibrant, very festivaly. I think. I think it captures festival very well. I can't well. wait to see that. So I'm I'm thrilled about it. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I'm doing a whole series too. So I'll I'll have a booth up as well, and I'm gonna kind of be doing a a series based off of the festival piece. Oh, so um, uh, that I'll have accompanying work that people mm-hmm. can purchase or or posters too, or uh, just a work? probably not posters. Just we'll the see about prints. Uh-huh. Uh, we might do some runs depending on the artist that I choose. But mm-hmm. uh, for me, and having music as such an influence, I was like, well, this is a, a great. Um, kind of theme is to to do some portraits off of musicians especially maybe that'll be involved with festival um so that's it's helped me decide because before i was just like well who do i paint you know and it was getting very morbid in my mind because i was like i want to paint all these people that are important to me that may have just passed away Mm -hmm. but i was like i just i don't want to paint you know one person after another that has passed so uh so this is different because i i'm trying to find more of a place of joy to, to like mm-hmm. paint and not something dark or depressing. So it's like, that's where these kind of resonate with me. And uh, So the yeah. artists from other countries, like the African countries, Canadian, you'll be... Yeah, even local. So, I mean, uh-huh. I'm, you know, I, I want to I have that variety uh, right. of artists just to, uh, to, to go with the theme of festival. I mean, that's yeah. what it is. It's just this huge pot. <laughs> I can't wait for April. Oh, my gosh. I'm hoping all this residual mm-hmm. stuff, you know, by the time spring comes... Yeah. We'll be ready just to go celebrate, even if we have to wear a mask in crowded places, just to be outside and listening yeah. to music and, and, and buying original art. You yes, know? <laughs> yes, please <laughs> come buy some art. You yeah. Know? So, because, and for me, art, you know, from the artist standpoint, it's such a diary. I look, I look at my art and the journey of it, and I could go back to these places that I was, like at the time, or you know, maybe I was visiting over here, like if I traveled to go paint something, mm-hmm. you know, or had a show. So it, it resonates that way. And I see a lot of collectors from other states, especially, they'll come in and they'll purchase art because it reminds them of here. Like, you know, yeah. I've had some of my mural prints, uh, people coming in for work or something, they'd be like, oh my God, like, uh, where can I, I'm in town, where can I find you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, come to the studio, I have some prints on hand. And, and you like, sell those of your murals, yep. the prints? So, yeah. but it's a, it's, a, it's a place, you know, it brings you back to a place. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's great. Well, let's touch on the murals. So I know you're not focused on painting murals now, but that was kind of also a big transition for you. And I'm sure that made your name known. Yeah, you know. For, for business people, right? Exactly. And and mural just right now, like the murals are, are such a thing, you mm-hmm. know, because it's, it what it does to the community and the culture, it definitely uh, beautifies just everywhere. Um so the murals, like a lot of things that stumbled onto my <laughs> desk, was just kind of like, hey, do you do murals? And I was mm-hmm. like, 
no, but I can. Yeah. Like that, a lot of things happen that way with me. That's like a mathematic piece of work, right? To figure out yeah. proportion. And I mean, and then it's just like anything. If I was just cop, you know, taking a photo, you know, a little four by five photo and mm-hmm. then putting it onto maybe a 20 or two foot canvas or something like that, I still have to kind of go through the motions to do that. This is just a little bit blown up further. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a two inch to like a two foot ratio or something like that. So, but they're fun because again, they're just the scale of them, all that stuff. And I was very green about it. I mean, it helped that I was working on eight foot canvases in the studio. Right, right. Um, and that was the transition, like you had already done those eight foot canvases. Yes. So, um, and those I would stretch and just do them in the studio. But, you know, when it comes to mural work, uh, there's so many different uh, variables that are involved uh, as far as, is it indoors, is it outdoors? Because Louisiana is very... <laughs> outdoors is tough. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But I had a bad experience with, you know, yeah. some of Robert Dafford's work that was beautiful, but it's just tough having it outside. It is. So, I weather. mean, and that's back to the Renaissance. I mean, they used to paint on murals mm-hmm. out there and you don't see those anymore, but you still see the paintings that were preserved because yes. of, of, you know, proper care and, mm-hmm. and just, they weren't against the elements. So, mm-hmm. uh, but Robert, he's been great. Him, oh, Brett Chagoy, uh, oh. her bro, Chris Padlet. So talented. They, that team definitely helped propel me from a mentor uh, mm-hmm. kind of place. Was he open with you about yeah, advice? Yeah, you know, it, it wasn't competitive or anything mm-hmm. like that. And it was just, hey. He's known worldwide. Oh, I mean, he's, he's esteemed he's a celebrity. worldwide. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's great. And right I mean, his from here, Northside High. That's right. And, uh, and yeah, you know, it's just, just trying to figure out what to do. And mm-hmm. by that point, you know, I was already having contracts in, implemented into my studio practice and just invoicing and you know, having to do the accounting and stuff like that. Um, so, so yeah, I, I and it was, it's actually when I took the leap and became a full-time artist was when I got my first uh, mural at the Wyndham Garden Hotel. A friend of mine was working there and they were taking bids for a mural and they wanted to capture something contemporary or modern, mm-hmm. but of a bayou scene because the name of the restaurant that was in there was called the Bayou Bistro. So, so yeah, I mean, I grew up on the bayou, so that, that kind of was uh, <laughs> to yeah. my advantage. And I painted this very painterly scene with my brushwork of, oh. of a bayou scene. And, you know, uh, was it I, a whole wall? Yes, it was seven foot by 24 foot. Oh. We decided we were going to do it on removable panels, uh, but instead we just painted it straight on the wall. That's, that's how the owner wanted it. So, mm-hmm. uh, but it was fun to paint while the people were there. Uh, and we had a lot of French uh, tourists coming in that were eating in that restaurant that would come talk to me while I was painting. Mm-hmm. And, and part of it, too, they were like, hey, can you paint during the lunchtime? Um, and I was like, yeah, sure. So they could capture it, like watch yeah, you. And I'd be like, oh, you look, he's painting, you know, yeah. so it's kind of entertaining. So. Uh, but yeah, you know, that led to another one and then that led to another one. And, uh, you know, we ended up landing the, uh, the Evangeline made mural and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and yeah, it's just, it's, I, I love painting them, especially cause I could bring on a team. So it's, it's a tall, uh, just undertaking. So having the help just to execute the painting, uh, goes such a long way. And I mean, and a lot of the, the strategy is just preparing to that point. So like, I'm going to have a very thorough just mock-up painting at a smaller mm-hmm. scale to make sure that all my proportions are correct. Uh, go back to my animation skills, my Photoshop. Like I don't even know how people used to do it back in the day because the layers in Photoshop and the scaling makes it so different compared to I have to resketch it or resketch it. I could just add the layers and play around with that. So I love to be able to utilize that technology nowadays. And it helps you with your dimensions. Oh my God, yeah. so much. So. And I'm thinking something like that smaller 
you'd have to emphasize different things in a larger painting than mm-hmm. you would if it was just a regular size painting. Yeah. Which, and, you know, your detail brushes you're yeah. using are, could be a few inches thick right. <laughs> compared to It won't be something. that subtle. It's yeah. going to be, yeah. 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 So That's but, so cool. Yeah. Gosh. And so everything fun. you studied came in handy for you. It did, you know. And again, it's I'm always up for a challenge. So, mm-hmm. hey, what's this 50-foot wall? What you want on it? Yeah. Let's make it happen, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's fun. We always do a time lapse. Um, and of, of course, we always sell prints. I mean, with the Evangeline May, we definitely sold mm-hmm. a limited run of prints, um, and then just some open edition prints and stuff like that. So, yeah, uh, yeah, people love their bread. <laughs> so, do you have advice for you know up and coming artists, even if they're mature and maybe looking at following their passion, you know, as they they move on in life? Because you know, my daughter Taylor was asking you, like, it, you know, it's hard to know how to price things, and you. You mentioned it already. You have to know your value, but people have to also see your value. Yeah. So it's a, it's a dance. Huh? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 very tricky, especially starting off because you don't want to overprice things, mm-hmm. but you don't want to just give it away. You know. Because um, then people would expect that. Yeah, you know, and I always stuff. You know, these these paintings, you look at them kind of as like my children, to where it's like they're they're still mine. They're a part of me that I've created. So letting go of them is still difficult, mm-hmm. um, but at the right price, somebody's Maybe always going to do Maybe it's not so bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think to tell other artists um, is just you need to accept the fact that there's a, a business side to it. And I was naive to think that, oh, yeah, I'll be 90% creative and 10% business. Um, it's 50-50. You need to go right down the middle and, and, and figure out how to do it and mm-hmm. be disciplined to that, um, you know, it's very, few, or there's very few people that have the luxury to just be able to create and not worry about the sales. I mean, it's a very small percentage. Even to get gallery representation, um, where they take a huge cut of it anyway, it's it it makes it difficult. So, mm-hmm. um, and even from seeing some of the more well-known artists or successful artists, so to say. They have multiple outlets of, of revenue, whether that's workshops. You know, there, there's so many different options to do as an artist that's, that caters to you, uh, which makes it more difficult because it's not just this one cookie cutter, just mm-hmm. like, hey, this is the, the route I have to go. And you're like, no, I could do this or I could do that. I could, I could uh, do some design work for illustration books or something like that. Or I want to just make these pins and sell a bunch of them at a very small price or something. I could go do murals, you know, so mm-hmm. I could do live wedding paintings. So You could be Bob Ross. Exactly. Painting strokes. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's just accept the fact that mm-hmm. you need to keep it as a business. You need to figure out uh, what is comfortable with your budget uh, as mm-hmm. far as income goes. Um, and hopefully you get to a point where you're just not so dependent on like making that sale. Um, and some things fluctuate, you know, there's some people that do the kind of the, the circuit festival circuits to where they'll go and they'll make a mm-hmm. year's worth of income just from one weekend at a fair or at a, a festival or something like, like that. Like go to South Florida or something. Yeah. And just, yeah. And, uh, and I mean, that's great, uh, mm-hmm. but that takes a lot of just investing and, and knowledge into that. And to, it's to very iffy. Yeah. <laughs> Correct, because you could show up over there and not sell a piece at all. Right. You or know? bad weather or something. I've had I've had some shows where you know you don't want to you don't want to base the success of the show on how many pieces you've sold, mm-hmm. but it, it's kind of demoralizing whenever you, there's no red dots on the wall <laughs> uh, for the exhibition that you put so much time and effort and mm-hmm. energy into, um, compared to whenever you see somebody willing to 
to, to put up that price because they just love your work and they just have right. to have it. Um, right. And then you know that somebody's, you know, looking at you and, and you're hope, hopefully, you know, a part of their life if it's up in their living room or, or something, or it's a conversation piece mm-hmm. that they could, they could talk about with people, you know? Yeah. So. I love walking into people's homes where they have original art and it's things that are meaningful to them, not just buying something that's, you know, yeah. off off the wall that has no meaning. But and, original art is priceless. And you know, and I love to to get to know the collectors. Like I, I want mm-hmm. them to have a story or to to know the meaning behind it. So and and that's part of it. Like that's why people collect because they they want to be able to tell people and talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, this was Dirk and he was doing this series and it it, it was just they, they did this surface collaboration and there was dancers and you know, so it's it, there's a story behind it and uh and yeah, I, I mean yeah. I want to be a part of that. <laughs> yeah. So for people that would love to know more about you, your first name is spelled D I R K. It's Dirk Gidry dot com yes. and they can go to your site and get more of an idea about what we're talking about here yeah definitely i, I kind of have it uh, different pages mm-hmm. <laughs> depending on the the job you need me to do but um but yeah uh the website works so well it, it'll link you right to my uh, my shop links for original work or mm-hmm. for prints um, as well as my uh, Facebook and social media uh, with Instagram and stuff like that. So, um, and uh, again, technology nowadays, I, I could book you for your wedding over, you just go plug in the, uh, <laughs> the stuff from the website. And people can also go in your studio. Is that by appointment? How does that work? Normally by appointment. Um, mm-hmm. it, I don't quite have it as like a storefront, but mm-hmm. you But know, if they wanted to come in, yeah, they, they could, could just that. reach out to me. We could, uh-huh. I'll send them the scheduler and see what days I'm available. And, right. uh, yeah. Talk art. I could pull some artwork out. Yeah. <laughs> And inspire people. I'm, I've just got the biggest grin on my face. I I love your energy and your enthusiasm for what you do. Yeah, I mean it's it's contagious. Well, thank you. You know, yeah. it's I'm I'm so fortunate to be where I am uh, as an artist and doing what I love at such a young age. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I'm doing everything I can to help just kind of pay it forward and and yeah. and you know, I love art and I want everybody to love art right. and to know about art and and yeah. So come talk to me. (laughs) Well, Dirk Gidry, uh, Lafayette-based artist, specializing in abstract live events, commissions, and mural paintings. Thank you so much for being here. I want to thank our listeners. Thank you so much for your support. Um, It's a joy, really a joy, being able to highlight the wonderful things that goes on in Lafayette, including you, Dirk. And I'd like to thank our sponsors, of course, Oxner, Lafayette General. Thank you for your ongoing support. And Raider, in particular, Jason Sikora, who mixes our tape and makes it sound professional. We couldn't do this without you. On behalf of Discover Lafayette, I'm Jan Swift. 